This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. Hi, I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. Let's have a preview of a massive match. Wrexham travelling to Chesterfield on Tuesday night. Oh boy, I mean, everything is just set up so remarkably for it, apart from the fact that both our star strikers are out. Paul Mullen, of course, suspended, and Kabongo Chamanga horribly injured in the game at Weymouth a week ago with a broken leg, and he'll be out for some time. Apart from that, it really is incredibly set up. We've got a, a Wrexham side who are in fantastic away form against the Chesterfield side who, who looked like they were going to cement their lead on the top of the table, but have had a crazy couple of weeks, or maybe four or five weeks, starting off with Roe, the manager, leaving in unexpected circumstances, shall we say, subject to internal disciplinary proceedings. And then the return of Paul Cook as their manager. Cook, of course, being a, a previous legendary manager at Chesterfield and also a hell of a good signing to bring in, having established himself successfully in the Football League since leaving Chesterfield. So that was a hell of a move. But Chesterfield have also had problems with suspension and injury. And this is the second of four enormous home games that they've got, which could be pivotal for their season. The first one was last Saturday. They lost at home to Solihull in controversial and dramatic circumstances, which I'll go through in a moment. Then it's us. Then they got Yeovil at home. Then they got Notts County at home. Massive, massive matches. And... They've had a little bit of a wobble. Now, let's, let's have a look through that. They, they play normally with three at the back. And, uh, you know, they've got a pretty settled setup. Three four one two. Mandeville is the standout player for me with, with the absence of Chamanga. He plays behind the front two. He's he's really good attacking player. He's got good movement. He'll pull into wide areas. He'll ask questions. That's going to be fascinating for me because, of course, Rexman brought in Tom O'Connor, who occupies those sorts of spaces. Will he uh, try to keep uh, close tabs on Mandeville? Will he let him drift out to the wide positions? Will he chase him or not? Uh, what One of their goals on... Saturday came from Mandeville getting the ball between the lines and hitting a powerful shot and they score from the rebound off the keeper. That's going to be a, the key clash for me or one of the key clashes. Up front they have issues because Shimanga, of course, is injured. And so as a result, they've got up front um, Aquasi Asante who scored both goals when the sides met at Chesterfield last season. And he's a good striker, as we've seen, good at running in the channels, physical as well, but has maybe not been in the most fluent form, seems to be discovering that form a bit more now. Alongside him is likely to be the ex-Wrexham loanee, Joe Quigley, who has a good record of scoring against Wrexham. He's he's more of a target man, although he is also you know quite mobile. He can, he can pick up a bit of speed. Um, Quigley's a new signing who hasn't probably made that much of an impact yet. The front three press very hard and Wrexham, of course, will look to play out from the back. But Chesterfield certainly on Saturday looked very vulnerable when you passed through that press. So it'll be interesting to see just how things go there quickly. I can't help thinking they might ask him to try and target Cleworth. But then teams have tried to do that in recent games and Cleworth's come through it well. So it'll be interesting to see, but obviously anyone who remembers Quigley as a Wrexham player will know he's a big unit. He's going to be a handful for any centre-back to handle. 
in midfield, uh, now that's where they may have problems. They've brought Tom Whelan back in. He was on loan. He was sold to Eastleigh, but they brought him back. He made his second debut as a sub on Saturday. And he's likely to start because their midfield looks a bit thin through injuries and suspensions. Jack McCourt had to go off badly injured late on in the game against Solihull. How do I have to bring a red card out for the challenge on him? I don't know. He had to be stretched off. He had to have oxygen as well. And it was a horrible challenge. And the referee didn't give a foul and left him clearly in obvious pain on the pitch for ages. So they've lost Reese Weston as well. He got himself sent off on Saturday, getting himself unnecessarily involved. It was a fractious game and he got involved in a melee and got himself a red card. Um, so so they, yeah, they, they, they're looking a little bit thin in midfield. They could, of course, have some players coming back from injury. Manny Oyeleke is a key player for them in midfield. Lots of energy. He has been struggling with a hamstring injury, though, and struggling to get through matches. He played at Weymouth, but uh, sort of broke down afterwards. So whether he's recovered enough to be able to start on Tuesday, it could be crucial for Chesterfield. Now, the wing-backs are very progressive, and their centre-backs, their wide centre-backs, can be very progressive as well. It'll be interesting to see exactly how they line it up. Uh, a lot of Chesterfield fans and press are saying that Cook prefers a flat-back four, and eventually he'll revert to it. Well, you could argue that with injuries, this could be a chance to shuffle the team around a little bit, especially as they've dropped points in their last three matches. I'm not so convinced because the squad clearly is set up to play three at the back. And it seems to me centre-back is the area where he, he lacks least. Uh, he's got Lee Kroll, who might not be fit, or Luke Kroll, but, but apart from him, uh, it looks to have plenty of central defensive options. Alex Whittle can play left wing-back, or he can play the left-sided centre-back, and he gets forwards in both those positions quite markedly. I suspect he'll be at centre-back. In this match with uh, Calvin Miller, the left wing back, coming back in. But yeah, they, they, they pose threats down the flanks, but they can leave themselves a bit stretched and isolated. There can be space between the lines between them. There can be space between the centre-backs as well. Um, so it'll be... I, I can't have feeling there'll be spaces for Exum to exploit if we can get through the initial press. It's just our success in actually doing that, uh, which will be interesting. Interesting conundrum for Wrexham, of course, up front. Dan Jarvis, obviously, is going to have his work cut out to keep Paul Mullen out of the team when Mullen's available on Saturday. But having said that, Jarvis has done really well in that position, playing off Ollie Palmer. Um, would we want more of a Ponticelli-style player in terms of, or Angus in terms of running in behind, though, if they are going to leave spaces? But then Jarvis is very good at creating spaces and dropping off a midfielder to break into. We know that Jordan Davis is a, yeah, can be quite effective in those sorts of areas. Uh, it really is set up fascinatingly. The thing that makes me feel positive about this game is last Saturday's match. I mean, just to go through the circumstances, Solihull actually started, I would say, a bit better than uh, Chesterfield. But Chesterfield scored two goals in the first 21 minutes. Against another play, I'd say, really. Then Weston gets himself sent off unnecessarily a minute after they've gone 2 0 up. 
And look, it's difficult to play with 10 men for a long length of time, but we've seen Wrexham doing it a lot this season and we haven't caved in like Chesterfield did. I was genuinely shocked by how badly they played of 10 men. Solihull came back to win 3-2, of course. Could easily have been a lot more. Scott Loach is a good goalkeeper and he made three or four excellent saves. Uh, they missed an open goal, Solihull. They missed a lot of chances. It could have been a thrashing. Now, OK, they're not going to start with 10 men against us. They'll have had time to reorganise themselves. And they always seem to be really pumped up against us, Chesterfield. But, oh gosh, they, they were very poor with 10 men. I'm hoping they'll uh, they'll replicate that. They got so stretched. It was uh, it was quite startling to see. They also got drawn into the scrap. This was old school Solihull fighting for everything. Very, very fractious. And I think Chesterfield players maybe got pulled into that a little bit to their detriment. But yeah, they, they didn't. They didn't handle themselves terribly well in that match. And Wrexham would be delighted, I think, to see a repeat of that. It's an absolutely fascinating matchup. It really is. And, uh, yeah, it should be quite the game, quite the atmosphere as well on a Tuesday. Now, this is a real mouth-watering match. So, remember, you can listen to the game live on Wrexham Player. You can also... Watch out for the Hot Take podcast, which will come soon after the final whistle. And then the more considered, lengthier podcast will be out on Wednesday morning. The final whistle podcast. Remember to subscribe to those. Give us some reviews. We're lacking reviews on uh, on iTunes and all the different platforms. So go on, give us a review. Give us a rating. And also the highlights then will be out 10 o'clock on Wednesday of this match. So let's hope we can do something good. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.